it's just talking to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's conversations, you know, and I'm good at that. You know, I have a natural gift from God to be able to communicate with people and relate to people. Um, and I learned so much from talking to people. The best thing that I ever learned in life is if you listen more than you speak, you'll always be able to understand somebody. And one thing that I learned is that we are much more alike than we are different. We just make that more complicated. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan, Jr., um, I want to say thank you to everyone who has been supporting. Um, before we get into who our guest is today, um, I want to submit a special shout out to all the essential workers and everybody who's being affected um, the COVID-19 and coronavirus. I just heard today um, that uh, Fred the Godson passed away. So prayers and condolences go out to him and his family. You know, this is a very, it's a serious and, and, and crazy time right now. You know, a lot of, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. Um, so my prayers and condolences go out to everybody who's affected um, you know, by, by everything that's going on right now. So without, without further ado, um, again, let's go ahead and jump into who, to who our guest is today. Um, we have Mr. Bisky Belazar. Um, that's, did I pronounce that right? Belazar. Belazar. All right. We're going to get his name right. Bisky Belazar. We're going to get that man's name right. Um, so it's actually funny. Bisky and I actually met on Instagram. Um, those who know me closely, um, know that social media has not always been my friend. Um, but over the last couple of years, I've been kind of getting my feet wet into the social media world. And, you know, I feel like social media can be a, a beautiful tool is if you use it right. Um, and networking and using your resources, is probably one of the best things you can do. Um, I reached out to Binsky. I loved what he was doing on Instagram. Um, I love the content he was putting out. It was polished. It was positive. Um, it was very much, you know, speaking to some of the same things that I was doing. So I reached out to him. And him and I, you know, linked up. Um, he works for a mutual fund company on their trade operations team, handling their trades in European and Latin American countries. And he's also one of the hosts of the Everybody Eats podcast, uh, where he highlights businesses and entrepreneurship, as well as financial literacy. My guy, Binsky, thank you, bro. What's happening with you? Thank you. Thank you. First off, on thank you for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. And yeah, man, Instagram, Instagram and social media is a powerful tool and great being able to connect and do all that so absolutely absolutely um this is actually a retake you know we got some <laughs> you know what i'm saying but you know like i like i said prior to the show man hopefully this this will be better than the first one you know um so i want to say you know thanks again for coming out man you know and being flexible with what we got going um you know let's let's let's, let's jump into it um so let's let's start at the beginning man your early life your origins your family dynamics um, tell me, tell me a little bit about about what it was like for for young Binsky, man. Yeah, so um, I would say I guess I had somewhat normal childhood. Um, I was blessed. Um, I grew up in New York, um, right outside of New York City. Both my parents they uh, immigrated from Haiti, both in their about mid twenties or so. So they moved. They both moved to to Brooklyn, New York. Um, so my brother and I we grew up right outside the city. Um, and yeah, like, you know, growing up they're, they're from Haiti, so we grew up with that Haitian culture. That has a bit, very big impact on my life, who I am, the way I think, the way I act, my food I like, right? So uh, definitely, definitely blessed to, to have that culture growing up. And I guess just growing up, um, town called Valley Stream, grew up around a lot of Caribbean culture. So that has a really big impact on my life. So 
Um, you know, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later, but that was a big inspiration for starting Guilty the clothing line. Um, and just being around signing about that Caribbean, African, and Latino culture. But growing up was growing up was cool. I would say uh, things start to get interesting. I guess things start to start moving around uh, my college years. Um, did my freshman year at Stony Brook University. Shout out to the Seawolves. Um, and then I transferred over to Queens College. Shout out to the Knights. And I guess that uh, Queens College is when things started picking up, really. That's when I started. I got involved in the organization called NABA, National Association of Black Accountants. Um, and and that, that organization changed my life. You know, that they, they taught me everything I know on business networking, um, you know, professional development, you know, they're a big reason why I started Kilty in the first place. They're a big reason why I started the podcast. Very big reason why I started the podcast. Um, my boys, you know, all came from NABA. I've been blessed with a job at all stem through NABA, right? So I really big, big credits and I'm very thankful for that organization. And so, yeah, man, after, after graduation, um, I was blessed to, you know, uh, work for a company that I did an internship for out here in Norfolk, Virginia. We set a mutual phone company, working on the trade operations team. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. T- tell me about, you know, one thing. How, how old are you first off? 22. 22. So, literally, at the beginning of every year, um, one thing that I do is I set like goals that I want to do for the, for the entire year. And actually 2018, actually halfway through 2018, my wife and I, we did this activity where we listed out like a papers full of like everything that we wanted to do. All these goals, like from materialistic stuff, spiritual stuff to just things we wanted to accomplish. Um, And one thing that I put down on that list of goals is I want to have a Ted talk one day. Um, and I, cause I, I just, I'm super supportive of what they have going on. Ted Toss is like a great space. Um, I've came across, you know, some very interesting stories, uh, uh, along the Ted Talks. Um, and one thing that we missed out on last time is, man, we really didn't get a chance to really talk about your Ted Talk. And a couple of days ago, man, I came across your Ted Talk and I listened to it. Um, in that Ted Talk, well, first off, that's super dope that you had a Ted Talk. How old were you? <laughs> See ya? How, how old were you when you did that TED Talk? That was my junior year. So, what, 19, 20? That's, that, that, that's, that's amazing. You, you, yeah. you know, so we got we to gotta give it up for that. Um, but in that TED Talk, man, you were talking a lot about, you know, your Haitian roots and, you know, some of the experiences that you had with, you know, growing up Haitian. But you really delved into, like, the experiences of, like, you know, what it means to be Haitian, you know, the power that, that comes with that, you know, um, a lot of the things that your ancestors have been through. Can you just touch on a little bit about, you know, um, overall the experience that you have learned, you know, with having Haitian roots, you know, your parents, you know, originally coming from Haiti, all your ancestors prior to them coming from Haiti, and you took a trip back there. And, you know, I know that it really had a profound effect on you. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, again, what your roots, you know, what your roots mean to you and what that trip specifically to, uh, meant to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, in the TED Talk, uh, I go and talk about how growing up, um, I wasn't really proud to be Haitian at all. So growing up and in a Caribbean uh, you know, 
Caribbean culture, for example, mean like elementary school, you know, kids playing around and whatnot. But I have you no, know, all my friends came from islands in the Caribbean or from countries in Africa, Latin America. And we'd always like compete, like, oh, country's the best, right? And we, I would always, you know, get picked on because Haiti was stereotypically a poor country. So it was always, you know, uh, oh, like Haiti's poor, Haiti's poor, this, that, and third. So as a kid, you know, growing up, I didn't really like, I was a little bit ashamed at some points where, you know, you always get picked, made of sometimes I was like man like I wish I was like from Jamaica or I wish I was from a different country um but like I can't escape it you know what I'm saying like that's that's the that's the language that my parents speak I spoke a little bit at home um you know that's the food I eat that's the culture I'm around um growing it wasn't really until you know high school I started to take a little bit more like you know like pride in being Haitian and it really wasn't until the trip in 2000 summer 2015 um, we went there, spent 10 days going literally from the north side of the country to started in Port-au-Prince capital, went down to the south to so where my uh, mother's from, the city of Okap, and we went back up to the city of Okap where my dad is from, and back to, and then, you know, I was pretty much a trip. And that was my first time uh, really seeing the country, seeing my family, real authentic food, seeing like everything. And it was just so mind-opening because I won't lie, my first time going there, most of the stuff that I knew was what people see in the media. And if you type in Haiti in, 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 in Google or listen to the media, you're going to get the earthquake, you're going to see poverty, you're going to see a lot of those slumps. And it's like, you know, for, for myself, unfortunately, that's a lot what I associate Haiti with. And I know mm-hmm. other people who don't know the culture associate the culture with. Right. And when I went, it was just an eye-opening experience because it was like, yes, you know, there's poverty here, but one, there's poverty in every country. There's poverty right. There you go, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if I go a couple blocks, there's poverty here. In New York, there's mm-hmm. poverty in the boroughs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you're like that, you're not going to see anything. And it was seeing like the, the, the coastline, seeing seeing the culture, seeing the people, seeing everything else. It came, and I was like, they don't highlight this in the media. No one talks about this. And that was where I was like, you know, the culture, the language, that's where it just like, it hit, it hit me in my heart. And I was like, yo, I'm Haitian. There's nothing I could do about it. I love my people. I love my culture. Um, so, and, you know, when it comes to being Haitian, a lot of it, a lot of it comes with, uh, resiliency. That's just like, we're resilient people. We've been through a lot, but we always manage to stand strong, stand firm, right? We're very hardworking people. Um, you know what I mean? Like, for example, when my parents came to the country, the first thing that was, the only thing on their mind was education, educated. That was the only thing on their mind. So now I was blessed to have that, you know, that root, to have that background. My parents, my grandparents, all of them, like education, education. So I was instilled that from my parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and that was real big. So I would say I definitely had a huge, you know, impact on my life of what where my values are, you know, what my goals are and everything like that. So, you know, that trip definitely changed, changed my life, you know, in, in, that, in that aspect. And again, that kind of leads, you know, a couple years down the line, that led to, you know, why I want to start guilty, you know, guilty right. in Haitian Creole. So I was right. like, you know, the point of starting line is I love that culture that you know that's inside let's 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 go back a little bit how the hell does a 19 20 year old get a TED talk how, how does how does that happen like what's the what are the steps that you know that you had to take to, to get there like was it somebody who kind of like put you in the right position did you just kind of like you know send a bunch of emails how, how does that happen so that's actually a really funny story um God works in mysterious ways I remember it was I don't remember exactly what year I did the TED Talk. Maybe it was like 2018, right? So if it, if I did it in, if it was like 
for uh, spring of 2018, it would have been December 2017, right? Okay. December before, me and my boys, um, it, was, it was winter break, right? Me and my boys, um, I know we went out to just go eat to different rest to go eat at a restaurant because, you know, we love to eat, right? And I was watching a bunch of TED Talks at the time. I think it was like winter break. So I was just watching a bunch of TED Talks like, yo, this is real dope. And I told my boy, I was like, yo, one day, like, I want to do a TED Talk. And he kind of laughed. Like, how are you going to do that? I was like, to be honest, I don't know. But, like, I'll figure it out. Right, right. So in a couple weeks is I'm literally making my schedule for the spring semester. So um, I'm on the, you know, I, I went to Queens College. So I'm on the CUNY website. I'm literally making, trying to make my schedule. And there's a little, like, uh, little ad in the corner. TEDx CUNY applications. I was like, what's that? So what TEDx is, is pretty much, in the, it's associated with TED Talk. Um, with regular TED, but it's affiliated with um, they usually, TEDx. Usually, does our uh, TED talks at either universities, libraries. So it's like uh, it's associated with TED. Mm-hmm. TED talks out there. I guess they're more like national or regional. TEDx is more towards. Um, they, they have these events at like local universities. Gotcha. So I saw the ad literally there. So I was like, oh snap! I clicked it. They're like, yeah, taking applications for a spring. Um, so literally, you just put who you are, you can either nominate yourself or nominate someone else. So uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to nominate myself. And then they asked, like, what would you want to speak about? I, I, I'm assuming, I guess, like, my travel to Haiti was on my mind. So I guess, you know, I, I filled it out. And, you know, they reached back out to me saying, like, hey, you know, you've been approved. This, that, and the third. And the process to actually do it was really interesting. Definitely um, TEDx they had pretty much like a, commu- a committee and the committee was the students, it was other students in the CUNY oh, wow. okay. the ones who were putting on this event. Okay. So, um, you know, I would send them, a, I'd have to send them a rough draft. I'd send them pretty much like an outline and multiple times I'd send to them, they correct it, send to them, they correct it. And it's always funny because I always thought I was a pretty good at public speaking, but that taught me like I have a long, <laughs> way to go <laughs> I consider myself a good public speaker like I made my I'm like you know what like I don't even have to practice that much I'm gonna just do it on the fly I'm gonna just write a couple points every time I sense them, like you need to elaborate you need to talk more you need to do this and at first it was humbling because I was like I'm, like I'm good right right yeah this you need to do this you need to do that and then at the end um you know I had the speech written out and obviously it has to be completely memorized so they helped me out and, you know, helped me memorize it, you know, what bullet points to say, to say. practice, practice, practice. Shout out to my boy Edom because I would say the speech to him like three, four times a day because I just sit down pipe. And then the actual event was at the CUNY Graduate Center. They had a bunch of guests. I met Curtis Blow. So I was a little dope, you know. Okay. So he, he, gave, he gave the keynote address actually at the text uh, event. So, yeah. so that's how it went. Well, yeah, that, that's that, that's dope. What, what do you think is like the, the biggest thing that you took from that experience? You know, just have, the, having a TED talk and specifically, you know, what, what you were talking about. Um, because what I want you to talk about also, you know, kind of, you know, break down a little bit for us is like, again, man, I, re- I really appreciated what you were referring to um, because you, not only were you talking about the significance of um, your individual's families and again, man, your ancestral history that comes from there and everything. Um, but you also got the breaking down the historical components of, you know, the significance of what of, of what Haiti means, um, specifically as it relates to America um, and it relates in its significance to the world as it relates to, you know, um, 
to, to slavery and, you know, how much, you know, the export and imports um, and the significance of um, just the culture in, in Haiti, how, how rich it was, you know, how other people came in and colonized it and everything like that. Um, so can you kind of just speak to, you know, your overall experience of what you learned from the TED Talk um, and exactly, you know, and talk to us a little bit about like what you were talking about and, you know, why that was important to you? Yeah, so um, I would say the biggest thing I learned that day was, I think, pretty much like, I guess to keep it generic was like, like everyone's story has an impact, right? Mm-hmm. I would say my story was me about my travels. And that day, 100, 200 people like in the audience, um, you know, I didn't think I had like the best TED Talk there. Like, I just went there thinking, like, I'm going to tell my story. Obviously, I love my story, but I'm surrounded by like doctors and scientists, Curtis <laughs> You know right, what I'm right, right, right. Everybody here is like doing something crazy. I'm just like, you know, this junior talking about me. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, I apologize. So, I knew I had, um, obviously, I knew I had some value, but I was like, compared to, you know, people are changing the world, like, it's, it's whatever. But it was after, you know, after the whole TEDx event, and we just had a chance to network. And then people were just coming up to me, just random people from, people because they people were were at the event from like across the country right and people come up to me like oh my gosh like, i love your story it means so much you know knowing your culture knowing who you are that's really big you know a lot of people like i'm not haitian myself but like it really makes me appreciate who my ancestors are what my history is and essentially mm-hmm. what i want people to take away was that you know everyone has history everyone has a has you know, culture everyone has you know you know their background and who you are today stems from that. You know, your culture makes who you are and you're supposed to take pride in that because that makes you who you are. And that's gonna help you determine who, what you wanna do and who you're going to be in the future. You know, mm-hmm. so all tied back in the fact that like, you know, Haitian history is rich, right? We were the wealthiest colony, you know, at the time when we were being, you know, um, back in those like 1800s, we were like the wealthiest colony at the time. We were supplying mm-hmm. goods to, to people in Europe and like, we were we were the pearl of the Antilles, you know, mm-hmm. and like we, we were the number one colony. You know, I talk about you know um, the Louisiana Purchase, like that. It wouldn't really happen, you know, for Haiti, you know. Right. So you know, they France they needed money, so they sold out all that land because we were tearing them up on the right. <laughs> right. Money. So they needed to go sell the land to to, to Thomas Jefferson, right? Um, mm-hmm. And going back into the you know New Orleans. You know, I had a chance to visit New Orleans too, and you hear about Creole, right? That's you know that that culture, the Creole culture, the food, a lot of that stems you know, from Haiti. So for me, I wanted people to understand that, like one personally, right? Haitian history affects American history, and if you didn't know, now you know. And mm-hmm. our Haitian, your own history affects likely American history because you know we're a land of opportunity and immigrants, and also. Mm-hmm. You are as an individual. It doesn't matter if your parents come from, you know, somewhere across the world, or you know, your ancestors were brought here as slaves. Like you have culture, you have history in yourself. Right. Find that out. One, it's your job to find that out. Don't let other mm-hmm. people know what your culture and what your history and where your ancestors came from. No, that's what you do. You can use that to help, you know, shape your path. Like this is where my people came from. This is where my family came from. This is what I want to do with it. No one can tell me otherwise. Yeah, you said that you had a. In, in that TED talk, man, you said find out who you are before somebody tells you, and I love that. Um, I just had I just had a newborn son a few a few months ago, 
Um, and I was speaking to my father-in-law, you know, a, a couple of days ago. And he was just, you know, him and I always have real good conversations. And he asked me, he said, man, you know, what is one thing that you really want your your son to know? Like, what is it something that you desire him to know? And the number one thing I said, you know, I said, well, you know, I, I want him to know God. Um, I said, but I want him to know who he is, you know. Um, and, and there's nothing more powerful than a black man, a black person specifically, um, knowing who they are and knowing, knowing the power of who they are. So I really appreciated you saying that. Um, and for those who do not know, um, the Haitian Revolution, um, probably the largest slave, you know, revolt ever. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. The rest of it, do your Googles. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's very powerful. Um, so I, I really love, you know, hearing that TED Talk and hearing you know, um, your, your backstory and your roots, you know, that's kind of what the platform is about, man, is to really, you know, again, we want to highlight entrepreneurship, but we want to highlight people's individual stories, you know, in their culture. And that's one of the main things that, you know, um, stood out. And I wanted to really kind of speak on that. Um, so going, going forward a little bit, speaking of entrepreneurship, can you tell us a little bit about like, you know, who and what were some of your early, um, experiences, just influences of, um, entrepreneurship, and it might not even necessarily be entrepreneurship. It could have just been somebody, you know, um, with a unique skill set that you really appreciated, somebody with a unique uh, work ethic that you appreciated, but something that kind of tied into what you're doing now. Yeah, so I would I would say that the first memorable or significant impact of entrepreneurship in my life came from my older cousins. So um, older cousin Emmanuel, he uh, he's an architect. And it's been it's been a couple of years now. I don't know exactly when, but I know for a couple of years back, um, he started his own company, right? And that was mm -hmm. in my family, at least I know, unless you know people do that before. But especially like you know, as a as a young dude, I was probably in like high school or so. But the first time in my family that I know someone you know went into entrepreneurial right, the entrepreneurial route was when he started his um his contracting company, social development, and you know. I was like, before that, I guess the main thing was like, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job, boom. Right? Right. 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 But he was the first person, like, he did go to school, he did get a degree, he did have a job. And then, you know, from there, he's like, you know, I want to start my own company, first world development, boom. That was the first time I was like, yo, this is real, you know? But I was probably like in high school, junior high, high school. So it was in my head, but it would, nothing told me in my, like, oh, I'm going to start my own business or anything like that. But at least right. I was around it. And he still has that going. And I saw a little bit of, you know, things he had to go through. Obviously, there was some doubt in the family a little bit, but, like, he got through it. And I had another cousin. She opened her own clinic. I have another cousin. She has, like, um, she does her own tutoring. So it's been around me, you know, throughout, like, junior high, high school. It wasn't until sophomore year, right? I joined NABA where I started learning about actual business, right? Before I kind of had an idea like, yeah, start a company. But that's it. You know what I mean? Start a company, make money. That's literally all I knew. It wasn't until NABA that I learned like what entrepreneurship really is, what it really mm -hmm. is to start a business, right? The tech mm -hmm. still learning right now, but that was when I first learned like learned what it actually means to start something of your own. Um and even still though Sophomore year, I didn't really have any dreams of really starting my own business. Probably wasn't sophomore to junior year when I started to realize I got a little bit more experience in the professional field. Because in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a consultant. I'm going to go into the finance field. I'm going to work, work, work. 
wasn't until sophomore or junior year when I started to realize, like, all right, cool, working is cool, but I'm, I don't think I can just be in a in a work environment where I'm working for someone else for the rest of my life. Like, right. That's it. And plus, I just got exposed to more entrepreneurship throughout it. So then my possibilities of what is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's possible. That's possible. That's possible. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, it wasn't until... You know, during the year, I, I was telling my boys, I was like, yo, like, my dream is honestly if all of us could just have our own company. Like, if we, if, I don't know what it is, but if me and my boys, if we could run our own company, run our own business, and we can make money, like, that would be the dream. Like, I wouldn't want to work for anybody else. Like, these are my boys. Yeah. So that kind of led, like, fast forward to senior year, like, right before, right before senior year started, um, you know, my I had a roommate who, you know, he had his own clothing line. And he, he's the one who taught me everything about literally from point A to point Z, how to start a clothing, how to start a clothing line. And once I saw, I was like, yo, it's literally possible. Like he literally taught me the steps, the websites to go to, where to get, you know, how to design stuff. So then, you know, I, talk, I called my brother, we spoke over it, and we're like, all right, let's do it. So, yeah. so and it's so, and it's so like, again, man, I, t- I told you this before, but like, it's so ironic that, um, your experiences of becoming an entrepreneur kind of really were, were molded in school, you know, um, because the traditional model of the school system is not about having your own, you know, it's, it's more, it's more uh, promoting the idea of, Hey, get this skill set, go work for this company, this person, whatever, whatever the case may be. It's about giving you a skill set to be able to work for some, somebody else. Um, yeah. That's the model of, of school has been. Um, but in your experience, man, you learned a lot of, um, I would say, foundational skills, what it means to start a business, which is, number one, is to have the, the resources and the networking component of it. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of like the, the, biggest, the biggest thing in, in, in this. Um, the other thing that I think that you learned as well is, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, there's going to always be so much that you have to adapt to, you know, there's going to always be so much that just comes up where you have to like, you know, all right, it didn't work this way. You got to think outside the box and get this way, you know, and school is kind of similar to that because school is going to kind of test you. It's going to kind of go on a roller coaster. Uh, so can you kind of speak to those two things that you got? I know, you know, I know that those things were very impactful for you, but can you kind of speak to the importance and the significance of your resources and your networking and also just kind of like the, the adaptability that kind of goes into, you know, being a student, how that plays into, you know, you being an entrepreneur and wanting to have your own business today. Yeah. So, um, like you said, like, I guess school, you know, school NABA, you know, is what gave me that insight and taught me, I guess, you know, the basics of being an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Again, everything ties back to NABA. I would say, you know, the years leading up to starting Kilty, NABA taught me about, a bunch of things, but the biggest thing I took from that was networking, right? The power of networking. Um, kind of spoke about this last time, but throughout my college years, like I didn't have the best GPA, right? So um, when it came to applying for internships and things like that, like I would receive way more rejection letters than I did any offers because my GPA was always under the necessary requirement. Um, but in that time, because I didn't have the GPA, I was like, well, networking is free, right? You only need a GPA to network. So that's what I did heavily. Um, sophomore year, junior year, network, network, network. 
throughout school, at conferences, network, network, network. So that just built like the type of people I met, the type of conversations I had that impacted all that. Um, and I would say school became my biggest market for, you know, Kilty because again, it was senior year. I was like, oh, I'm a guy with a bang. And it turned out to be that all my, you know, for the majority of my client base, and customers were students or, you know, people in school that I met. So, you know, even when it comes to being adaptable, right, I started off, it went, you know, beginning of junior year, uh, senior year to the end, when it comes to different seasons, right, you have to make clothes for the different seasons. You have to make clothes for, you know, you have to understand that I went to school with a lot of people with different cultures, so that impacted even the type of designs that I made, right? That impacted, you know, um, you took advantage of a lot of different events at school, different fashion shows, you know, um, you know, uh, events on the quad, events here. So even all those events, that gave me exposure to, you know, okay, we need to make a business plan for this fashion show, but we're going to do it differently than we're going to do it for this event on the quad. We're going to do how we're market to, you know, this club is going to be different from how we market to those people, you know. So I would say all those experiences while being in school, they really cultivated, you know, and it was a huge learning curve because I was starting it from scratch. But I would definitely say I had a lot of support, you know, all those, again, like all those different events, all those, you know, obstacles of like, okay, maybe you're making money when school's in session, but what happens if I went to break or I'm going to stop? You know, so all those different like ups and downs throughout that school year definitely taught me like, I guess that framework of like, hey, this is what an entrepreneur is, you know? Mm -hmm. It allowed me to network, allowed me to grow, allowed me to meet people when it came to photo shoots, meeting people from different schools, having models, you know. So I would, I would say that, you know, it definitely, just the just the experience of school and having to, you know, go along with it, that definitely helped shape, you know, entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, again, fast forwarding a little bit, um, you go to school, you graduate, um, here you are working for this company now, doing things with mutual funds and, and managing um, things for, for the company. Can you kind of speak on, and first off, tell us what mutual funds are, um, yeah. and, you know, the significance behind mutual funds. Yeah. So uh, a mutual fund in, I guess, layman terms, it would be, it's an investment vehicle that pulls in a lot of, you can say a lot of different stocks. You can even, it can even be bonds, right? But, you know, it's, a, it's an investment vehicle that just pulls in a lot of different stocks kind of like have a portfolio in it. And, you know, instead of the benefit would be that, you know, instead of having to invest in a specific company, you can invest in the mutual fund. Right. And if you, you know, if you are investing in the right mutual fund that has the right stocks, you know, you have the ability to possibly outperform, you know, the typical passive, say S and P 500, something like that. Right. So, so, so question. So, the difference between a mutual fund and just a regular share of one stock is a mutual fund has um, it has multiple companies in, inside this portfolio where yeah. by just a single share of one company, you only have um, equity in that one company where the mutual fund, you have it in multiple, you have equity in multiple companies. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So with the mutual fund, you, you kind of, um, I think last time we kind of had the, the, the example of like, say you have like a, a portfolio or say you have a folder, Right, and you fill up that folder with a bunch of different stocks or a bunch of different papers, right? If you want to invest, imagine like cutting a slice of that whole portfolio and you're investing in that whole entire portfolio instead of rather 
trying to invest one specific company, one specific stock. So, um, you know, it has advantages that if you invest with the right company, right mutual fund, you have the ability to possibly, like if you outperform the market, you know, that's an investment tool. Instead of say the market grows at 8% a year, you put yourself in a nice mutual fund that grows at 10%, you know, mm -hmm. investment, you're going to be able to outgrow the market. So um, that's like high level, you know, what a mutual fund is. Obviously there's, yeah. um, you know, more in depth of how that works, but you know, it's an investment vehicle. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very important. I think my first kind of like um, initial under, well, just introduction into uh, mutual funds was, man, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, my grandparents took out, um, they took out bonds for like all of the grandkids per se. Um, I never knew what it was. I just knew that they invested some money years ago and after a certain period of time, it was going to accumulate to some of the money that they would give to, you know, to us as grandkids. Um, and again, I don't even think that my grandparents really understood what, what it was. I just know that they knew the importance of putting money somewhere and allowing it to, you know, have more interest on it than, you know, just having your money in a savings account, which I think, you know, that's very much relevant to, I think, what you're saying today, because, you know, it's just another vehicle that gives us opportunities to be able to grow money. Um, and a lot of times those type of opportunities are better than just having your money in a savings account. Um, I'm not always big on just having liquid cash just sitting as opposed to it, you know, have the possibility of, of being invested in performing somewhere. Um, so mutual funds are very much right under that avenue with, with what you're speaking on. Um, so I think that I think that that's very important. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be able to take take that information and hopefully be able to use it. Um, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the, this podcast, man. Everybody Eats Podcast. Again, I told you this before, man, but that's one like that's one of like the most creative and best names for branding purposes, period. Specifically as it relates to this podcast and specifically as it relates to the content that you are doing. Um, that's one of the things that initially like caught my eye. I'm like, damn, I'm like that's a dope name for a podcast. Um, and I saw what you guys were doing. I'm like, oh man, this is even better. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it went hand to hand. So number one, can you talk to me a little bit about like, you know, where the idea of the podcast came from? Um, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with the podcast, what your hopes and goals for the podcast are. Yeah, definitely. So again, I can send back from NABA, right? So throughout undergrad, uh, me and my boys, it was like, you know, three, four, Actually, the club consists of more, more, more of us. But um, I guess like my core boys was like three, four of us. Um, but we had, we had a great team in that. But it was like, you know, first year, probably like six. Second year, we probably had like 12, like 15. But regardless, um, throughout my years in that, we were always putting on events in school, professional development events, resume, mm -hmm. networking events, bringing in accountants, consultants, um, you know, advisors, um, teaching, teaching the students. Um, because we would go to regional and national conferences for NABA, right? So mm -hmm. we would go teach them how, literally, like how to network, you know, what to say when you're getting a job, how to do interview skills, all that stuff. Um, and a lot of times it was geared mainly towards business students, either accounting students, economics, whatever. And I loved it. Every single moment of it, I told my boys, like, all the time, I was like, yo, we could get, if I could get paid to do NABA, like, I would love it. That would be the ultimate job, giving back this mm -hmm. So sophomore and junior year, it was most, most of the time, it was us bringing in professionals and we were learning. By the time senior year uh, came around, a lot of us uh, were, 
you already had full-time jobs lined up after college. We already been to a couple conferences at this point. So we were doing student-led events where we were teaching students what to have on their resume. We were collecting resumes and fixing them. You know, people come to us like, hey, like, can you look at my resume? This line of third. So we were teaching people how to write resumes. We were teaching, you know, we were doing mock interviews with other students. And um, like, not to brag, but like one of our favorite memories is that we had a, a, a conference over the summer, Alpha Conventions. Alpha is another um, professional development organization. So we were prepping a bunch of students for that convention. And mm -hmm. like, one of my guys, like he came in and he had a pretty solid resume, but he didn't know how to interview. So me and my boy asked him, like, all right, we'll do a mock interview for you. The first mock interview that he did, <clears throat> not so good, right? So, <laughs> so then right after we're like, all right, cool. We're like, yo, you have great personality and like you have a great resume, but this is just how you need to structure how to answer the questions this time third. We went maybe like 15, 20 minutes broken down with him. So we mm -hmm. did after we did another mock interview, killed it. We were like, yo, that's dope. The difference in the last like half hour was crazy. Fast forward to the convention, the dude like the dude gets like two like internships and like a job offer. And we're like, yo, like one, it was nuts being able to help people, but then it kind of kind of proved like, yo, we kind of know what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. But then that kind of led to the point where I was like, yo, um, I want to continue giving back and helping people with this information. So for me, I just felt like the easiest way to do that was a podcast. Yeah. Um, so the title just came from the fact that, like, you know, throughout NABA, NABA, the, uh, the slogan is lifting as we climb. Um, and the fact that, you know, I, no matter how much I was teaching people, I was like, <clears throat> right? so it's mm -hmm. like, if I eat, everybody, if I eat, we all eat. So then right. I just tend to everybody eats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, Branding is so important, you know. You know what I'm saying. Like even with coming up with, uh, even with coming up with the name for my podcast, man. I think when it comes to branding, um, I think the the number one thing is being authentic to to yourself. Um, and you said, you know, it. You got the idea, kind of like you know, from your, your quote with with Nava, um, you know, the mantra with Nava. Um, <clears throat> for me. You know, I, I knew that I had to do something that resonated with me. And I'm always I'm big on like setting intentions, being mindful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hey man, I'm, I'm a social worker. I'm a mental health, you know, advocate, you know, so I'm, I'm big on on mental awareness and self-awareness and things like that. So doing things with purpose are big to me. Um, but it's also got to be catchy. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, when I first seen the name. Everybody eats, you know what I'm saying? Everybody eats, B. Like it's a it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> mantra that you know that resonates with people um young young to old, you know what I'm saying? Different different demographics, different different generations. Um so I think that's a a, one, a wonderful name. Um talk to talk to me a little bit about like, you know, some of the guests you guys interview. You know, I know you guys have some real good guests on there, man. Um what what it is that you're trying to really accomplish, you know, with, with the podcast. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what the podcast looks like on a day to day. Yeah. So for the podcast, um, honestly, it's, it's surrounded by business, entrepreneur and professional development, right? Okay. The three, those are the three main pillars of it. Um, and what I've learned definitely throughout my college is that, you know, no matter, learned a couple of things, right? No matter what field you're in, everything is a business. Music. Mm -hmm whether it's like accounting, whether it's a nonprofit, no matter it, whether it's a podcast itself, everything is a business, right? 100%. And professional development, 
that was to enforce the fact that no matter what job you're in, right, everyone, if you, wherever, if you're applying for a job, no matter what field you're in, you need a resume, you need to know how to interview, right? You need to know how to conduct yourself in this environment, whether you're a doctor, social worker, teacher, accountant, all these jobs that you need by like, common skills, resume, interview, so forth. Um, and then, you know, entrepreneurship was, you know, that kind of stemmed to the fact that, again, no matter what job you have, you can always open a side business, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. those skills are applicable to throughout the industry, right? When it comes to branding, right? Branding applies to any type of brand that you want to start, business you want to start, whether it's an Instagram page, whatever. Um, so essentially, since we've been doing that throughout college, I was like, this is stuff that everybody needs to hear. So I was like, you know, no matter, right, we're just going to bring on different professionals. It doesn't matter what field you're in, mm. different professionals to speak smart. different topics, you know, so everybody can eat no matter where you're from. Right. Again, it stems back a lot to on your leisure podcast. You got the assets of reliabilities. You know it, you know it. Exactly. They bring on people from different, you know, different, you know, um, investments, different, different professionals, whether they're like, you know, teachers, mobile homes, or they're doing regular real estate, vending machines, whatever. So um, a lot of our first, a lot of the, the first guests were literally people I went to school with. A bunch of them were just Queens College alumni or even students right now who we had um, my boy Sabas on mortgage loans. We had, you know, um, my boy who was running for public office. You had another uh, lady running for public office. You had a lady who has um, a nonprofit in science. We have my boy who has his own, um, pretty much like a mental, uh, online mental health, uh, you know, you have, you know, people from whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. No matter where you're from, we're just talking about ideas that you know the, the you know anyone anyone can learn from. Right. Um, so honestly, it's just grown from there. And since I've been at, like the longer, I've, the more I've been doing this, the more I've been expanding our network. Right. So we've had uh, David Meltzer. He's a he's a big person that um, I follow on on Instagram. So we had him a couple weeks ago. Yesterday we just recorded with Mobile Home Elite. So we had um, dope dope. So with them. Um, so honestly, it's just people from all different walks of life. If you have information that people can learn from professionally, investment-wise, financial literacy, any of that good stuff, this is the podcast we want. Someone is going to learn. No matter what you are, I don't care if you're a doctor and you learn about mobile homes, you're going to learn something, right? If you're a social worker and you learn about the music business, you're going to learn about business, right? So it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. If you have information that you, that is valuable, we want you on the podcast. Yeah, and I think, man, um, what you guys are doing, man, uh, you guys are adding value. Um, and I think that's like, you know, one of the most important, again, foundational tools, you know, with having a podcast, man, is giving value. Um, I don't know if it was you or Edom who said when when I was on you guys' podcast, you said the goal is to educate, not necessarily motivate. Um, yeah. What you guys are doing is definitely – you know, along those lines, man. You guys are, you know, giving a lot of value. Um, can you talk to me? Was there ever, was there ever any like fear or hesitation that you had? You know, with start with starting this podcast. Oh yeah, mad hesitation, right? So, <laughs> um, Edom, he, Edom was rocking me from the beginning. So Edom, he was he was part of Napa as well. You know, with me and Guilty, so he rocked me since the beginning. Um, but I think I had the idea for the podcast maybe since I. Chose. Uh, it was since like the summertime, maybe like June, July. 
And I was just like torn with the idea. Like I told a couple of my friends, I was like, yo, I have an idea for a podcast. Like, yo, that's a good idea. But like, I was just really like, throughout the summer, I, I had the idea, but I just didn't know how, what to start. Um, and it wasn't until I moved down here to Norfolk and I was, um, I was grabbing lunch with my boys out here. And I told them again about the podcast. At this point, I've been thinking about the idea for like two months. And I told them, I was like, yo, I got an idea for a podcast. Um, you know, professional development, everybody eats this and a third. And he was like, oh, that's a dope idea. And I was like, yeah, like, I just have, I just need to do the first episode. Like, I haven't done it yet. And then he was like, all right, cool. Like, you have until next week. And his big thing is on accountability, right? So he, uh, right now he has his own accountability coaching and like a life coach. Put you on, he put you on the spot, man. Yeah, exactly. And he's younger than me too. So I was like, how can I look? You know, how, how do I look? Uh, I'm going to let the young dude out get me, man. Yeah. <laughs> how do I look with this younger dude telling me like, we got to next week. And I was like, once I do that, like once, once we establish that, I was like, I don't have any other choice but to get it yeah. done. Yeah. So shout out to Emmanuel. Um, honestly, he was literally like the final push to, to do it. So after like two months of finally toying the idea, my roommate again at the time, shout out Corey. Um, I was like, yo, Corey, I think we're gonna record this week. And he's like, yo, let's do it. You know, I hit eat him. I was like, all right, we're gonna record this week. He's like, let's do it. Got the mic, got the setup. Um, and you know, uh the first episode was just even I, we were just talking about why do people hesitate, right? Hesitation, not just a basketball move. That's the name of the episode. And mm-hmm. we just- Talk about in the episode, I was like, yo, even myself, I was hesitant to start this podcast. But uh, I was like, you know, people hesitate either because they're not confident, they don't know, they're fearful, you know. So, um, you know, a couple of reasons why I was hesitant to start the first episode. But, you know, once you do it and you have confidence, you know, you go along. That's what we spoke about in the first episode. That's how it started. And then from there, it's been been dope, dope, dope. What were some of the what what were some of the misconceptions that you had about starting a podcast? Yeah, so um kind of we kind of spoke this about this last time was that um you know I didn't listen to podcasts until after I recorded the first podcast, right? Mm-hmm. My personal misconception was that I thought podcasts were for nerds. Like mm-hmm. I only heard a podcast about like TV shows or like sports, and I always mm-hmm. thought weird because i was like you know if you watch a tv show why do you want to go listen to people talk about a tv show i was like you really have to be like you have to really love that something like that i was like it's just weird so right, I, right right i was like i like i just didn't get it so mm-hmm. that was my personal misconceptions and since i didn't know anyone who else who personally had a podcast i didn't really know what their thoughts were all i knew was me mm-hmm. um but I guess, like, learning about it, I guess, first I thought, like, okay, is it just you talking into a, like, is it just you recording yourself? Which, at the end of the day, low-key it is. It's just you recording, like, a conversation. Low-key. It is. I, I it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know about the work, the networking. Even now, like, I got, like, I call my room, like, the studio, right? The little setup mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. right? I didn't realize all that goes into it. Learning about earning leisure. I didn't realize how big a podcast can go. A lot right. of podcasts having right. about podcasts. I didn't realize like like in my head it was like I wanted to do in my head when I told myself I wanted to do NABA as a career, I didn't realize that a podcast is a way that I could I could do that. I didn't realize you could have you could have networking events, you know what I mean, on a weekend and you could, you know, invite professionals and you can invite get uh, guests and you could you know, or food and it could just be a forum for you to have these type of conversations I, was like, I didn't know a podcast had this type of power or slash you could use your podcast to you know do those type of things mm-hmm. so like 
All that was brand spanking new. I had no clue. And again, Earn Your Leisure, when I went to the event in December and I saw that they brought in professionals, they had uh, an audience and they had food. And I was like, whoa, like I was literally been doing this for the last three years in, in college, right? And I was yeah. like, this is literally a way for me to do NABA as a profession, right? Yeah. Audience and all that. So I had no clue, you know, about the work, you know, the setup, the networking and all that that went into the podcast. But now it's like, I love it. And so, and so the live events and you know putting on putting on events for for the pod is that something that you guys hope to do in, in the future? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a way, that's a real good way to like really scale it and monetize it, man. Um, yeah. you know, and you you and I we can talk about some stuff like that off camera because I think it's some stuff that we can really do um, to kind of merge to merge things and really. And really put on put, put on dope events, man. Because like you said, Earn Your Leisure is really like setting a template for what that looks like and what that can be. You know what that can what that can really turn into. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan. You know of, of Earn Your Leisure as well, man. So you know, I uh, I, I definitely resonate with everything you're saying. Um, Binsky, thank thank you, bro. Um, thank thank you again, man, for for coming on, man, for being flexible. Um, for for working with me, man, and sharing you sharing your story, man. I think it's I think it's powerful, man. When when young dudes like yourself, man, like you said, you you only twenty two years old, man. You you're not even at the prime prime yet, man. You are <laughs> you are ahead of the game, man. And I don't mean that as an insult. I truly mean that as like you know affirmation to let you know, man, that you are well on track, man, to not only being successful, man, but for really being you know to really being free. Um, and that and that's what life is about, man. And it's really good to see young dudes in, in that position, man. They kind of figuring out um, ahead of the time. Because when I was 22, man, I was running the streets. I was looking at chicks. I was smoking weed every day. My mind not on that. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just good and it's refreshing to see a young dude like yourself um, doing the things you're doing, man. And I'm here for you to support you any way that I can. Um, thank thank you again for coming on the platform. Um, again, man. To get before we get out of here, we have a few things. A few, you know, rapid questions to run through um, before before we get out of here. Um, the first question, um, I didn't even ask you this last time. The first question is, I hate New Year's resolutions, but again, like I said earlier, I love intentions. You know, so what are your intentions for 2020? Um, honestly, no, Corona or not, things are the same. Honestly, it's, it's grow the podcast to as big as it can be. I don't really have a metric. Um, I actually not believe in metrics as much because I don't I believe that sometimes you get disappointed if you set a number and you don't achieve it. I think it's more powerful to say that you're going to start and you're going to be as big as you can. Um, Got you. and just just keep striving towards infinity so to speak, right? So um honestly for the podcast for the clothing line it strives to infinity. Obviously like you know I do want to I do want to scale I do want to grow as many people. Yeah hundred percent what does the what does the phrase live your purpose mean to you? Um, live your purpose, man. Like I post about this not too long ago. Like everyone has a gift. Whether you realize it or you don't, like you everyone has a gift, everyone has value, right? So it's your job again to find out what your gift is, whether it's you know making glass, whether it's you know what I mean, being a teacher, whether it's a social worker, whether it's uh, you know playing basketball. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's making pies, like everyone has a gift. It's your job to figure out what it is and to use that to help other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something about you that people do not know? 
people do not know. Um, yo, I'm shy. Something that they'd be surprised to know about you. I, I can be really shy, and I don't like. Like, when I tell people that, they're like, "No way!" I'm like, "Yo, like, I can be really shy, and like, I don't like talking to strangers." <laughs> okay, all right, all right. That is very, that is very ironic for you who has a, pla- a public platform. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's funny. Um, <laughs> Say again. What scares you? Scares you, yo, jumping spiders, yo. Jumping spiders. <laughs> you must have had like a traumatic. You must have had like a traumatic experience with these jumping spiders or something back in the day. Yo, there was this one time I'll never forget it. I don't know why it just it scared me so much, but like in, in my crib we, we have a basement, and our basement that's pretty much like where we do most of our activities. I don't remember how old I was. I remember I was running down the stairs, and like it, the one was there, and I didn't really know what it was. And I took a step, and maybe it, it played hopscotch. It was jumping mm. on the place, and I oh, ran man. I in my basement for like a day or two. I was like, nah, that's it. I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out what they do. I don't want to find out where they come from. You Y'all know, know enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. That that yeah. that, that is funny. Um, <laughs> your favorite your favorite book uh, recommendation? And favorite book recommendation to be honest i'm not really proud of it but to be honest i don't read a lot of books okay um, all right i'm not i'm not necessarily proud but i'm not necessarily ashamed at the same time i feel like um i find audio books either not really to be honest to be honest i i think i learn more i learn a lot through conversation and through videos okay um, that's how just growing up that's how information just stuck and apply with me um, so there are a couple books that I've read, but none that really, that stick out, but. Okay. N- n- nothing wrong with that, man. You know, we, we all, we all learn differently, man. So it's, it's nothing wrong with that, uh, at all. Um, what's the best advice that you ever received? Man, um, my uncle once told me when God blesses you, make sure you bless others. Mm, I like that. To, I think that ties in with live your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. You have your gift. Once you find out what it is. That's a blessing in itself. So now yeah, it's your yeah. job to go bless someone else with your gift, no matter what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's dope, man. Um, I I really I really like that, man. You know, provide providing service, man. So you know, I really can appreciate that. Um, if you could pick the phone and call your twenty year old self, what would you tell yourself? I know that's only a couple years ago. You know, right right when you was about to do a TED talk, man. You know, what what would you tell yourself at at, at twenty years old? Oh, like it sounds cliche, but like. If- just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Some people think like, oh, it's really hard. Yeah, that doesn't, that's it. Just because it's hard, you just have to work for it, but it's not impossible. Right, right, right. Um, tell us what you have coming up, man. Tell us all your social media tags and all of that. Definitely, definitely. So uh, everybody eats on Instagram. That's everybodyeats.pod on Instagram. That's where we have, you know, all our stuff. You can check out Everybody Eats Podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, on all those platforms. You can listen to us. Um, for Kilty, the clothing line, um, that's Kilty, K-I-L-T-I, co.co on Instagram. Um, so that's where we have all our pictures for the podcast. That's where we have all our snippets. Um, so that's what we have, you know, Big things coming for the summer, a couple photo shoots. We have a couple big names that we're trying to get on the podcast. But honestly, it's just going to be spreading positivity, especially during this time. During Corona, we want to wish, you know, health and happiness. But at the same time, we are a business podcast. So we're trying to help people secure themselves financially because it's not an easy time. 
So this is a time where we can really give back and learn and teach people like, hey, you may be difficult in a difficult situation now, this is how you can take advantage of it. And when we come on to the other side, there's the things that you should be applying. So God forbid, if and when this happens again, you are better prepared. 100% man love, love it man Well listen on that note man We gonna end it um, Before we before we end the episode man We end it in every episode the same way um, One of my inspirations for starting this podcast um, I was a huge podcast listener I still am to this day Prior to starting one of my biggest inspirations For starting this um, ex-running back um, Ex-NFL player named Arian Foster He has a podcast called The Now What Podcast um, And what he did at the end of his episodes was he would always ask his guests um, to look at their camera and lobby for Jim Carrey to come on his show. Jim Carrey was one of his, you know, most interesting individuals, and he wanted him to come on his show. Um, and I want to kind of like, you know, show some of that same love and respect to, to Arian for putting out that great idea. Um, and I asked my guests to do the same thing, man. So if you could look in your camera right now and tell Arian Foster why he should be on the Live Your Purpose podcast. Aaron Foster, man, Live Your Purpose, we discuss what it means. It means that you have to use your gift to help other people. That's what this podcast is about. You have a podcast of your own. You have your career of your own. You have your purpose. You're helping people out. So this is the podcast. In order to live out your purpose, you need to get on the Live Your Purpose podcast. So make sure you hop on. That's a fact, man. Well, well, well said. Thank you, man. Binsky, thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. Um, another episode of Live Your Purpose. Everybody, the... Um, Live Your Purpose podcast episodes are available. Um, episodes two through eight are available on YouTube right now. Episodes one through eight are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Um, continue to stay looking out. I'm dropping some new some new episodes here shortly. Um, again, big shout out to the essential workers, everybody who is out there right now affected by COVID-19 and coronavirus. Um, my prayers, condolences, and love are sent out to you. Binsky, man, I couldn't thank you enough. Again, like I said earlier, man, I'm here for you. Anything I, I can do to support and help, I want to continue to see you grow. Um, so anything I can do, man, I definitely will, will do that. Um, thank you again for coming out. Another episode of Leave Your Purpose Podcast. We are out.